Hello everyone, welcome back to the LSD podcast. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Lucidi Sarema and I am your one and only host. Today I am joined by Meezy, who I know from high school. Um, yeah, Meezy, do you want to introduce yourself? Just tell us where you live, um, what you're doing right now and stuff like that. Uh, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Muite, as Lissidi has already said. I currently live in the United States. I'm doing university here. Um, I'm doing my double major degree in quantitative economics and the study of women and gender. Um, yeah, so that's who I am. <laughs> I don't know if I should yeah. say anything else, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like the theme of my podcast is just international students because I don't know if maybe that's because like that's the theme of my life. That's the type of people that I have interacted with for the longest right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, as you said, she studies in the United States. And I think it's interesting that she studied gender studies. What exactly does that entail? So um the study of women and gender, basically the major is different in every university or college in the United States, but um, I think the overall arcing theme of the of of the degree is that you study about gender dynamics, um, you study about sexuality, mm-hmm. um, you also study about, you know, the form the formation of like patriarchy and where, you know you know what you know where that system is from and how it intersects say maybe with the economy and you know how we as social beings also interact with each other under um under these systems of you know capitalism patriarchy and so on and so forth so yeah yeah, in summary i would say that's what um um the gender studies my gender studies major is yeah and when we spoke previously i remember you said you said something along the lines of like people who like you in telling in saying what you were saying you said something like a lot of people who identify as women or identify as men and i thought that was really like i guess interesting as well as admirable on your part because we at times when speaking find it difficult to change the wording like People are not women, they identify as women. Um, And yeah, I think also it helps me, like in these conversations, it helps me become a better ally, I guess. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Have you found it difficult? Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say like, it's the whole, I don't know, like I, I have come now to learn that, you know, gender is performative. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're all kind of like performing in a sense. Hence why I guess it's, I've adopted that language to say, you know, I mean, like when you are born, it's not like anyone is born, you know, or else, or, or at least how I've been taught, it's not like anyone is born a man or a woman. You're conditioned into these behavioral patterns and, socialization that now makes you either become a man or a woman or you know non-binary some people you know want to not want to do not want to confirm to those um 
to those to those binaries um and identify as non-binary and so mm-hmm. you know the the fluidity of it all the spectrumness of it all and I don't know it's just been awesome to learn that you know um we're different and we say maybe you've been socialized as a woman you know you also get to actively choose you know I guess at a certain point like oh do I feel comfortable with this identity do I feel like this truly is a representation of who I am is the way that femininity the way I've been taught it does it um, represent who I am and things like that so questioning those kind of things and coming to those realizations has been or learning these things has also been something that's very important um for me yeah yeah so on that note I want to I see it fitting to ask you how you identify and what your pronouns are okay (laughs) my pronouns are she her (laughs) yeah my pronouns are she her I identify as a woman um and it's also the the gender that I was assigned at birth so I'm a cisgendered woman Mm. yeah yeah hetero as well ah (laughs) (laughs) is that too personal you don't need to answer (laughs) if you don't want to I'd say okay okay for the most part I think I am heterosexual um Mm. But, you know, there's times where I also question that because, yo, women are hot. Felt. Retweets. I But, yeah, I'd say, yeah, okay, for the most part, I'd say I, I am heterosexual. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Cool. And I think it's also interesting, like, um, I guess kind of assessing and understanding all of that in different spaces because you you grew up in Botswana you're from Botswana mm-hmm. but then you moved to the United States for academics so do you find that do you feel like everything that you me- mentioned that like our gender is basically just like roles that we assume because of like socializing um do you think that you had that same um, frame of thinking, I guess, when you were in Botswana? Um, not maybe until I was maybe 18, 17. Mm. Um, when I started, you know, uh, finding out about feminism and stuff. I remember like at back in high school, like in form four and form five, we used to have these Ditonello human rights people host yeah. like host like I wouldn't say workshops, but they would host a, a film festival, I guess. And I used to attend those and I was so drawn into those. And when when I began attending those and I just started learning about, you know, sexuality, sexual orientation, gender, I mean they'd cover a different range of topics. But these, um, but you know, topics pertaining to gender and sexuality would also be kind of like a central theme at times. When I started learning about those things, I think that my framework and the way I thought my outlook on life um, began changing 
but I wouldn't say that I've always been, uh, I've always, you know, had this kind of thinking uh, because I was, you know, I was born to parents who, like, for the most part, I'd say are kind of, you know, conservative. My grandmother was a pastor's wife. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah, kind of growing up in that setting did not put me at a place or a level for me to start thinking this way right off from the bed, you know. Uh, yeah. It, it's through interacting with different people, getting, um, getting, you know, life experience and being educated in different ways that I got to um, start having this outlook on life. Yeah. Hmm. That's really nice to hear. Um, I wanna, I, I don't know if this is like connected to what we're speaking about, but I was thinking about how you mentioned that the reason why you think the way you do and you're so open-minded is because you have had many different experiences. Um, mm. I guess then you could attest it to, to what's the word? When you, <laughs> when you like, when you interact with people with different cultures, what's it called? Um, it's the easiest word in the world, but it's slipping my mind something about diversity or <laughs> not entirely fuck anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah but basically like um yeah you can attest your open-mindedness to to your different interactions with different people so do you think that would you say that um people who are not as open-minded as you are conform because they haven't seen the world quote-unquote um I am very weary about you know I'm very weary about about making my experiences you know better than or yeah you know I don't know. I I I I I would I would I will say like there's a twofold answer to this. A part of me does genuinely believe that the more you the more people you get to meet, the more you get exposed to different things, the more you 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 do have the ability or you can choose, you know, from the different experiences that you've had to change your perspective and outlook on life because we do also see a lot of people who are I don't know quote-unquote well-traveled or have been yeah. to different places who still don't you know change that perspective and mindset yeah. like yes there is people like that I, 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 I do believe that you know if you do get the opportunity to say I don't know maybe leave the country leave um, your town or city it does change your perspective it does widen your scope of thinking i mean in, even in Sotswana, we do say it you know mm. what I mean? um but I, i'm also weary about making it seem as if like not not having traveled out of Botswana or not having traveled out of your 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 city or your village makes you um a narrow-minded person because there's different ways of gaining knowledge and, inf and information. I remember when I was young, before I even left 
you know, Botswana, before I'd even know, like, before I'd even known that I'd get the opportunity to do this, I used to mm-hmm. read books as a child, as a, as a, as a, as a child, I used to read John Grisham books, novels, as thick as they were, like, um, those books gave me an outlook on, they gave, they gave me a different perspective to life, although I didn't get to travel outside of, say, Khaborone or Francistown or wherever place I was living, those books gave me an outlook and a perspective to life that I would have otherwise not gained if I had not read, you know, watching YouTube, listening to a podcast. These are all different ways to get different insights and perspectives. And so um, I'm weary about saying, oh, if you haven't been outside of Wazona, if you haven't been outside Khaborone or Lobato, whatever place, then mm. you're, you're, you, the way you think is narrow-minded because there's just different ways of gaining knowledge and information and perspective and you know having a different outlook on life and you know for some people it can be an event in their life you know something mm. happens and they start to change the way that they they think yeah yeah for sure and I think also because of things like social media mm-hmm. um people tend to assume other people's experiences and like I guess make them into their own and by that I mean like like in a situation where you Mizi are studying in America people seeing that on the internet and then getting the chance to visit America will probably like it would be bad for them to be like okay Mizi was doing this so I'll do that like okay okay Uh these people are doing this so I'll do that Mm -hmm. like I found that traveling around made me realize that okay, these people act like this because that's just who they are. Like, I don't know how to explain this, but, like, in situations where, um, like, people believe so much in stereotypes and mm. and labels and all of that, it's kind of, it's crazy to me that you would assume someone is this because of a small interaction with them you know what I mean yeah like people are so complex and like even you as well are complex so if you were to move to America like Mizi you're gonna have a completely different experience Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm wary of people on the internet asking me like hey how did you find Russia how did you how did you find the Netherlands like what what should I do because I'm like my experience is going to be for sure completely different to yours I can assist you in like um giving you information about how I did what I did mm. but it will never be the same even if you tried you know yeah yeah like you can I see it all the time what you're saying like you know I know you know this so for example the other Botswana here yeah, we come from the same same high school, same country, same town, same place, but we're having two different complete completely different experiences. Yeah, completely yeah. different experiences. You know, for different reasons, they're in a different city. I'm in a different city, um, and with that, because we're having different experiences, we're also going to have different maybe perspectives sometimes, and mm. a different way of different ways of looking at things um and so it doesn't necessarily mean that you know because i don't know you you know who are in the same geographical place or country 
um, we gain the same experiences and we gain the same perspectives or we have the same outlook on life you know for some people you know the same country can be so different for two different people you know yeah. what I mean uh, mm. the, the same city can be so different for two different people I know people who absolutely love gabs and I absolutely <laughs> <laughs> don't say it <laughs> They're gonna come for you. They're gonna come for me. But you know, but I absolutely love Francis Town, for example. You see, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's you know, yeah. Like I think that's another thing that I've learned about life. You know, we're different. We're gonna have different ex- life experiences. We're gonna experience the world differently. We're gonna even experience people differently. Um, mm. and which brings me to your point of like the complicatedness of it all the complicatedness of life of people of um of the human experience yeah yeah and I think also like coming into your own is difficult in itself like fostering a what you call an identity based on your experiences is difficult to decipher but then most of all, I think being an international student and moving from d- place to place makes it even more difficult because mm. um, I don't know if I could like point it to a specific reason other than just that like you come across different people and in those people you see versions of yourself, I guess. So it can be difficult to be like, okay, let me decipher, okay, I'm this because blah, 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 blah. So how have you kind of like understood or navigated the identity politics of being an international student? Um, it's been, to be honest, it's been very, it's been very complicated. Mm. But especially when you start realizing that a different place can give you an entirely new different identity you know um so in Botswana I was I was Muite or even if I go to Botswana right now I am Muite and I'm a woman in in Gabs um and then you go to South Africa and you're Muite and you are, I don't know, like, because you're from Botswana, people would also maybe categorize you as Tswana as well. Yeah. Um, which is also a, a subset um, ethnic group in South Africa. Um, and they would maybe categorize you, I don't know, as a, as a Black woman as well, because in South Africa, race is much more... Um, is much more a thing than it is in Botswana. I mean, race is a thing in Botswana because, you know, all of these countries, race is a thing, I guess, everywhere because all of these countries have been through colonization through some way or another. It's just to the extent at which it's, you know, it's 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 a thing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep on saying this word <laughs> thing, but like... Um, you know what I'm trying to say is that as you go to different places, your identity can change, and and that's the realization that I've 
had for myself. Um, so for example, here in the United States, I'm not just Muizi, you know what I mean? I am Muizi, the black woman who mm. lives in a predominantly white town and goes to a liberal arts college or university. And that, I, I kid you not, that has its own like set of problems and challenges that it comes with yeah. <laughs> that, that I never had to deal with or never had to think about when I was in Botswana. You know what I mean? Like mm. <laughs> when I'm in Botswana, yes, I'm a black woman and I know that I'm a black woman, but when I'm here, it's in your face. <laughs> it's in your face. It's all, it, you, you know, even in class, you know, you you learn about the kind of subjugation and oppression that black people and black women um, go through in this country. And it kind of makes you, I don't know, like it kind of makes, I don't know, for me, it's been kind of like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, wow, you know there's a different set of problems that now you have to deal with also because of your differing, like your, like the way you transition into different identities as you travel. So for yeah. example, I remember at, like when I was in first year, I was at work and stuff and uh, I'd come in my Afro and yeah, like, I don't know. I just felt like, Everyone could not stop looking at it. <laughs> Whereas in Botswana, that would have not been an issue for me. Um, yeah. That would have not, yeah, um, that would have not been an issue at all. Or even, even small things such as like, say maybe you're in a class and you're reading a book by a black woman, Audre Lorde or um, Alice Walker, whoever else, and say you're the only black woman in your class and people expect you to speak for black womanhood mm. you know and I'm like <laughs> I am only you know I'm a baby girl like I, <laughs> I I've not been like you know and I, it, it, it's so awkward when people expect you to do such things because it's like I've been black in Botswana most of my life I don't know if I can exactly speak to Black womanhood as it pertains to in America. I can yeah. only speak for the two years that I've been here. I don't know. I'm rambling now, but <laughs> this is also <laughs> just to say that, yes, so it is different. And I feel like I do have different identities when I am in, say, America, as opposed to when I am in the continent and more specifically in Botswana, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, for me, it's been difficult as well. Like, yeah. And I think it's interesting that, like, Lissedi in Botswana, or just, like, my friends from Botswana and my friends from from Russia and my friends from Netherlands and my friends here, if they were to be in one room together and were, like, forced to describe me, I'm sure they would all say different things. Mm. And it would be, like, that kind of describing a different person. And I don't know, but in the past, I felt like that was me 
being inauthentic or like not being steadfast in my own identity or yeah it just made me a fake person but I've come to accept that like different experiences make you into a different person and also Mm -hmm. just different people even in those particular like even in the same country different people bring out different sides of you so Mm -hmm. that doesn't at all make you like bad like it's not a bad thing it's just I guess it's good because then you're more malleable like you can adjust how you interact based on who you're with yeah and I guess maybe because it also makes you more I I don't know approachable also I guess because you can interact with people from different backgrounds and different cultures you know what I mean yeah without being so without being so rigid yeah but like I learned this in psychology class I was in that class for two weeks then I dropped it Mm. but the the you know the two minutes that I was there I learned about um we learned about what you speak of like behavioral changes like your behavior changes depending on who you are interacting with and social context and that's just natural um, because it would be absolutely I don't know. It would be so unnatural for you to be the same lady with when you speak to Muite, you know, mm-hmm. your your age mates, uh, and it would be so like it would be so weird for you to speak to me the same way that you speak to like say your dad or your mom. Like that's yeah. just you know what I mean. So I guess in this context that we're speaking of of like being in different countries as well, I you know when I am in Botswana for example I have to be aware of the social cues in that society I have to be aware of the social cues in 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 my community I can't just you know (laughs) now behave in the way that I behave when (laughs) I am here (laughs) yeah you know like I know we spoke about this the other time but you know, I, I just remember, like, I was, when I was in Botswana and I was wearing a skirt or whatever, and my mom was like, hey, dog, we're not in, we're not in America. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, read the America. room, Muiti. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, read the room. And not meaning that you should, um, you should, not meaning that you should um, shrink yourself mm. or not be your full self depending on where you are. But I also think that reading social cues is important. Cultural context is important. You know, knowing, Mm. yeah, knowing how to interact with different people and be able to be malleable to any different context. It also makes, like, it's a survival skill as well, I guess. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a tweet once where... um, like this this um person was a queer black african man who mm. who like was from nigeria and mm. then i guess similar to us moved to america for studies and mm. in doing that he i guess came into his his own and um 
found it easier for him to express himself through his clothes and like through makeup and stuff like that in America. So it was like, it was like, I think the caption was something, I was trying to look for it now, but I can't find it. The caption was something like, um, I'm so glad I left home because now I'm happy. Something along those lines. This is just like a loose rephrasing. Um, and I think it was, it was, it was nice to see that, okay, this person is happy where they are. Like they're happy to express themselves. I'm happy they feel this way. But mm. then it was also disheartening because it's like, it's almost like we can only be fully content in being mm. our full selves if we're not at home. Oh, yeah. And it's like, damn. And I yeah, think it- this is why a lot of international students go internationally, use that expertise internationally. No one goes to study internationally and then is like, oh, let me go home and fix everything. Yeah, yeah, because you 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 get a lot of realizations, which is why I'm at the point where like you know, I'm not about to using the short sketch reference again. Yeah. I'm not about to, you know, try and change, say, my grandmother's mind or my mom's mind or my dad's mind or my uncle's mind or my aunt's minds mm. about about that. So yeah. when I'm around them, I'm going to do what psychology has taught me to do. Otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> It just minds the situation. Yes. <laughs> so when I'm around them, I'm aware of what they I'm gonna do what they want me to do yeah. in that time. You know, I'm gonna do what they want me to do in that time. And then when I'm not in that household, when I'm not under, you know, their expectations, I'm going to, you know, be the young girl that I am. Like, mm-hmm. and I and I don't think it's. I think even being able to do that is really is being able to say this i i will acknowledge and admit that being able to say this as a cisgendered woman who you know has never been orchestrated for their sexuality or gender identity is a privilege because like you know i can I can't even begin to imagine, as you said, what for that queer young person it's like because that's so integral to who they are and how, you know what I mean? Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> for me personally, I'm not about to, you know, I'm not about to try and change my, my say, speaking for myself, like my family's mind about X, Y, Z. I'd rather just, when I'm in the household, you know, do what they want. When I'm out of the household, do what I want. Yeah. So that each person's boundaries is is respected. The yeah, only problem, like yeah, the only problem would now be when you're, I'm out there and someone is now trying to message me and be like, Apollos get the soul even though yeah, you're no. in even though you're in America. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the only problem, you know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. As long as if everything that you 
feel you embody is true to you and like you wear that skirt because you enjoy wearing that skirt it's fine you can't argue with everyone yeah and also i don't know i feel like though like our parents must i i feel like i don't know for my own parents for example i feel like my mom is starting to understand that you know we're a different generation and we do diff- things differently and even her like when she says some of these <laughs> when she says you know um oh you know you know she'll say it in a playful manner um where i can tell like you know it probably bothered her but you know she's trying to you know <laughs> not that deep <laughs> yeah she's trying to not make it that deep because she understands that you know we're gonna I think parents are starting to also realize that we're going to do what we want, hey? Mm. Like, that's it. Uh, they had that time to live. No, and they still, oh. yeah, and they still have that time to live. But we also have our, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, but, before we go any further, I want you to speak about your article that is soon to be published or already published, I'm not sure because yeah. it's commendable and it's kind of a big deal and I want everyone to know about it <laughs> um, it, it was published on um, when was it uh, this past Thursday I think mm. yeah but it's already out um, and it's the African Studies it's in the African Studies Journal um, mm. for University of Toronto on um, it's called the journal is called Elemu I think I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Um, but I basically wrote um, a research article about gender, colonialism and imperialism and the economy um, as it pertains to Namibian history um, mm. because I've always been kind of fascinated about... I'm fascinated about Southern Africa as a region but Namibia's story is very unique in that it is, um, you know, it Namibia was colonized by the Germans and then it also went through South African occupation uh, by the apartheid regime uh, for several amount of years. And I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to, maybe, I don't know, but I don't think we learn about these things often in school yeah. i don't remember learning about it in high school i don't remember seeing a documentary on it on tv or anything like that so you know finding out about these things and researching about it really you know it widened my scope and perspective and let me in into um a different you know you know a different world so to speak and mm-hmm. so i just write about in that article i write about um Namibian women's contribution towards fighting for liberation in the country, as well as contributions that they've made in 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 Namibia's history. And so, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it was a very interesting piece to write, and yeah, the research took like a while, um, six months maybe. Um, wow. Yeah, and so it's just great to see it uh, finally published and out there for for people who want to read to read. Yeah. Mm. 
and I appreciate you even being open to telling this story because I as well didn't know like South Africa occupied Namibia until I moved here and mm. I think also it's like kind of a full circle moment low-key that we're having this conversation when I'm living in Namibia and mm. you know what I mean like that's crazy yeah. um yeah congratulations on that that is kind of a big deal well done on that I will definitely link the article on the LSD podcast Instagram profile mm-hmm. so you guys can read it if you're interested, which you should be because it's interesting. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, now on a lighter note, but I'm sure not really lighter because we are very nuanced people who are critical thinkers <laughs> so we overanalyze everything but like on a lighter note i want to speak about our dating internationally um specifically online dating because i know because we spoke recently you have partaken and i as well have partaken <laughs> you know i hope my parents are not listening to those <laughs> you hope what I'm saying I hope my parents are not listening to this. Say, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I, guys, stop the online dating. <laughs> Please. Get out. Okay, I'm joking, but um I just find that it's a lot easier to meet people in person. That's me. Mm. You know? Um I've been thinking a lot about you know, social, social media, social media relationships, not social media, romantic relationships, but social media relationships in general, you know, because we're so, you know, so for example, this is an example, because I'm so far away from my friends, I have to talk to them online all the time. And because of that, you know, I can't see their reaction. I can't see, you know how they felt when they read a certain message or anything like that and that takes away a lot from the experience mm-hmm. um and i feel that way with online dating as well you know it's a lot not only is it a lot of work one two it's you know i don't know i just feel like everything is so much better where you can see the person see how they're reacting see things in the moment but i do understand that yeah i don't understand that it's covid now and online dating is probably like covid really you know um heightened our our online presence online presence yeah and also we like we're starting to see that you know a lot of things can be done online now i don't know i it's not my first option but mm. because I'm a Gen Z young girl, I I, I think I will continue doing it. <laughs> I think I will continue. I don't know. I, I mean, my thing is I keep downloading it and then deleting it and then downloading it. And then... <laughs> so I feel like maybe at some point in the future I will be downloaded. But this is the longest I've stayed without it. It's been months, possibly mm. even a year. Um, I think also maybe the way that we go about it is wrong because it do be working for other people. What are we doing wrong? I would like I to don't know. know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the best way for it to work is 
yeah the swiping 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 through if you find someone attractive talk to them a week two max two is even like <laughs> reaching two weeks max see them in person go on a date see decide. if yeah just gen- yeah, like decide like cut it off cut off the team you can you can't keep like i feel like if you keep talking to the same person constantly on the phone you like you said you don't get to experience that like mm. Mm, proper proper conversation you don't get to see that reaction so you don't know exactly who they are so a week into speaking meet see if you want to see each other again if you do mm-hmm. great second date third date now we're on three months and we see if you want to be in a relationship thought that maybe let talking stage chances reset two hours guys (laughs) (laughs) also i found i found that texting if you're talking to someone and you're texting is not great either Mm. voice notes voice note helps a lot Mm. or or facetime but i'm wary of facetime Ah, i don't like facetime (laughs) <laughs> you know like you know what honestly i think my approach from now on is going to i'm, I'm gonna take your advice i think you know yeah you've, you've given me new Try wisdom that. let me know in the next month if you have a big thing <laughs> um but not that i'm tired hey i'm tired i'm tired yeah. But that I'm tired. I've been tired since. Corey, I'm starting to get to the point where I even ask myself, like, is is love a thing, and is it something that's available for me? Yeah. Um, because it's like at every turn, there's an obstacle as to why it cannot happen. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. Right now, I'm just letting things be and just. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't think I'm going to be on the dating apps as well for mm-hmm. now. I'm also taking a break. from the swiping. Now you have all these matches. Hi, hi, hi. How hi. are you? <laughs> hi. <laughs> My name. Hi, hi. I'm from Botswana. Hi, hi. <laughs> How many symptoms do you have? <laughs> you know, three. One is what. One is this. Hey, the bad days, your favorite color. Ah, yay. Pisa, Oh, Pisa, like, and Kuala Pisa, man. It's, hi, hi, how are you? What do you do? It's like, okay, you go to work. I'm just like, I really just want to, like, old school love, hella. Where we're in the old school way of meeting, why in a library a book falls, he picks it up. <laughs> that's it some up. that's some fairy tale movie stuff that doesn't happen in real life. Rum comes, <laughs> but I think with I can think you mentioned that like at this point you don't even know if love exists or if it's there, if it's out there. I genuinely feel the same way, but then also I feel like with everything you do you have to have delusional confidence you just have to be like yeah um, how could it not like how could it not and i think also part of the reason why maybe this is the same for you as well but i've noticed part of the reason why i have that mindset to love i'm like 
I'm like, ah, hey, it's not out there. I'll just be single forever. It's because I interact a lot with with content that de- depicts that like crazy toxic love. I watch a lot of reality mm-hmm. TV shows. <laughs> like right now, I'm watching some Spanish one. It's called it's called I think it's called Love Never Lies or mm. something like that. And it's so it's like raunchy. Hey, I cheat. I cheat. You cheat. I cheat back. Whoop de whoop. Like it's the worst. <laughs> So obviously my brain is is like okay stay away um yeah you know what and i also think um on that point i feel like do you feel like in on social media correct me if i'm, if I'm wrong there's also mm. been a rise of like you know but like culture but like yeah <laughs> the red flags red flags are trending right now <laughs> Red flag culture, but now for her, um, you know, culture, or mm. and so it's just like it's either by the looks of it, what's appearing, I don't know, don't hold me to it, don't hold yeah. me, to, don't call me. But it looks like it's either people are hurting or getting hurt, and I don't want to be a part of an either equation, and it's so it's so I, scary, yeah. But also at the same time, it's like I don't know, like. I I saw a screenshot of um Ari Ari Ari's uh, tweet Ari Lennox yeah uh, yeah and she was like I wish that all desire for romance I saw that t- <laughs> yeah. I saw that t- <laughs> and I wish all desire for romantic love could be sucked out of me and I mm. relate to that because it's like it's so difficult to want something that is not that you're kind of coming into acceptance that it might not be possible but still wanted and so it's like okay so where to from 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 here but Mm. yeah i I don't know i I don't know i you know every time my parents tell me how they met and stuff i'm like oh how i wish (laughs) yeah how i wish you know and i think it can be i think it's really easy for us to live in singlehood and like like there's a lot of generations even before us who are just great independent self-sufficient women who don't actually need a relationship or need Mm. um yeah who can stay single until forever Mm. but do you think that like we inherently need companionship so in a sense yes you can sustain yourself as a woman and like not be with a man or a woman or be in a romantic relationship Mm. but is it sustainable in the long run is it humanly possible um i think this applies to it doesn't only apply to romantic relationships or anything i think you can live without a romantic relationship so to speak but you mm. can't you but you can't live without community that's just my Thanks. perspective yes yeah so right now i don't have a boyfriend uh but i not alone like i'm not doing life alone i have a yeah. group yeah i have a group of friends uh i have family who are helping me do life and so i think that although it you know, although, you know, it is very much possible to be independent and do your own thing, um, we do need each other 
in some capacity to to continue in in this life we need community we need you know we need we need people around us and i think that singleness would be much more would singleness would be much more bearable for us if we appreciated community more you know what i mean mm. like i think that the reason why <laughs> the reason why singleness is so painful for a lot of us is also because like you know we live in a hyper individualized society i mean depending on where you are um but what you know we live in a hyper individualized society where everything's about you know you 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 and I, i'm going to you know be by myself and that's fine that's great um yeah. but i just don't think it's the natural i'm not natural but i don't think it's the you know i think we so simply i think we need people <laughs> clearly we could talk everyone's head off forever and you yeah. you will definitely be on an episode in the future um because we have a lot to still speak about we spoke about a lot but there's more <laughs> yeah there's, there's yeah. definitely more um thank you so much for having me this is so much fun subscribe to the podcast rate the Period. podcast thank Follow. you so much for for being here Mitzi, and agreeing and just like living in this conversation it was fun i enjoyed it yeah do you have you for... any social media to shout out where should the people find you um just instagram i guess at Mwizi and three underscores yeah mm-hmm. um i'll definitely link it though for anyone yeah. who would like to follow you as well as the the article oh yes yeah definitely yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, anytime. And you will definitely be back in the future. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. (laughs)